0: The Agostin the Show with your host, Agostin Hozinga. Oh, G- <laughs> oh, smack the shit out your bitch-ass midget
1: girlfriend, nigga. <laughs> 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 oh.
0: Hello there, welcome back to the Agostino Zynga show with I, your host Agostino Zynga and this is episode number 670, this is 670 of the Agostino Zynga show with I, your host Agostino Zynga and I hope you're doing well wherever this podcast may find you, I hope you are doing swimmingly Now I had some tech issues previously so I'm just going to keep, you know, I'm just going to pretend like that didn't happen and I'm just going to keep motoring through like the past 30 minutes or so that I was ranting and raving and stuttering all over the place did not happen. We're just going to keep powering through like nothing happened beforehand. Me mentioning it is kind of taking away from the illusion, but it is what it is. Welcome everybody back to the Agassino Zinga Show podcast here with I, your host Agassino Zinga and I hope you're doing well wherever this blood class show may find you. As I may have said previously, I just got back from a very, very late run outside. I was actually running outside for the first time in a long time. Despite me having a really long history and doing a lot of long distance running, I did loads of marathons. So I did loads of half marathons. I haven't done a full marathon. I've run maybe 15 half marathon races. I used to do like 20 miles a week and whatnot. But over the last few years, I've been kind of slacking off the running and I've been mainly doing a lot of gym work as you can see from the flipping width of my shoulders and how massive and blocky I look. But clearly, because I have a wardrobe full of very expensive designer clothing, mostly coming from very trendy, upscale, um, you know, um, well-regarded brands, luxury brands from Europe and far-reaching places, especially places like Asia and whatnot, they have a particular type of shape. And I need to fit in them. And at the moment, I'm just a bit too wide. I'm just a bit too muscular to fit into them. Really, really horrible first world problems, but it is what it is. And the only, the only one way that I found to lose an excessive amount of weight and to get to the trim shape that I want to be in is to run and unfortunately running is just really hard compared to going to the gym I don't care anyone says people can try and tell me different but going and running outside three miles per day is way harder than going to a gym for an hour I don't care what you do in there I don't care especially if you're doing two a days like i've done in the past so it gets a bit crazy so i've been running i've been doing that that's been going decently enough i didn't do it the greatest this time around i aim to do three miles end up running only one and then walking the last two but i was walking really quickly and end up getting it in anyway i'm going to hopefully post a picture actually after i finished um uploading the flipping podcast of myself Taking a self, you know, because I upload the picture, a selfie of me at the end of my flipping half run or you know one mile run, two mile walk session, and you can see the grimace and the pain on my face. I'm going to upload it onto my community tab on my YouTube so you guys can see what game I'm on because I'm not playing around with the full transparency of this thing so I can show you how it goes. But it's also a reminder to anybody out there if you are on the way and you are kind of getting a little bit relaxed and you're taking it off the pedal don't go crazy like i am but just make sure that you don't get too crazy or just make sure you don't take it of the pedal too much don't get too fat basically just be conscious of it because the problem is the older you get the when if you get the older you get and the fatter you get sometimes it becomes harder and harder to lose the weight number one and it's just a lot of work That's the issue, just a lot of work. So don't give yourself a mountain that you don't need to climb up just for the sake of it. Just do the bare minimum in terms of making sure you get some level of exercise in. Maybe it's 20 minutes a day. Maybe it's an hour, three times a week. Whatever works for you. Just try and make sure that your body moves and your heart rate is up at least at least i would say a minimum of three times a week it's so important especially if you care about what you look like if you don't care about what you look like it doesn't matter but if you give a crap of what you look like just try and maintain what you're on and obviously doing stuff like intermittent fasting can really help you you know just to kind of maintain your level without even doing any work in that whatsoever but just do something because I can tell you from my side of where I'm sitting right now, if you don't do anything and you kind of let yourself get a little bit comfortable, you start to replace things. You start to get, make little shortcuts and excuses for yourself. You end up being like I am running down the flipping street with all this mass on me, trying to get all the way up as I'm running. And it's really difficult, but Hey, it is what it is. It is what it is running into the show. Let's just jump right into it. Um I kind of have, you know, feeling awful, obviously today after, you know, Man United lost, um, in the last minute against flipping Brighton. It's not to, it's not a surprise if we're being completely honest considering the flow of the game. I feel like despite the game being fairly even, I feel like Brighton came into the match with a lot more point to prove. They wanted to enact revenge after the FA Cup lost. And they basically did that by being really hungry and really on it for minute one. I felt like they were pushing us, harrying us all over the pitch, um, really closing us down, not giving us time to think, not giving us time to get our passing combinations in and basically rushing us to the point where we were playing a lot of balls over the top around the corner for Marcus Rashford and Martial to hopefully run into, but I felt like we were being forced into doing that because they weren't giving us any space and they were overloading that midfield, especially when Kaiseda was playing on right back and he absolutely bossed the game. That guy is brilliant. Yeah, that Caicedo for flipping Brighton that guy is the truth he's usually a defensive midfielder and he's playing right back and I felt he ran the game along with flipping McAllister who obviously scored the penalty right at the end Um, I'm not that annoyed by the result as I should be I'm just bummed at the fashion that it happened especially considering it was a late handball from Luke Shaw that basically cost us the game I still think we need to win this game to give us a little bit more breathing room towards the end of the season but it looks like we're going to be biting our nails until the very end the players clearly look like they're tired Um, I think at the end of this season Man United players would have played the most games out of any team in Europe considering all the competitions we've been in so that's been a bit crazy especially when you consider the lack of squad depth that we have so a lot of the first team players a lot of the first names on the team sheet are literally blowing out of their assholes and I think a lot of the fatigue you saw towards the end of that game maybe the fatigue was to blame for Luke Shaw throwing his hands up in the air like he doesn't care and handballing the ball and giving away a penalty in 90th Minute, maybe, but that's not an excuse, still. And him doing stuff like that is a reminder again that he recently signed a new contract this guy that's been in the club for like 10 plus years who's maybe had two good seasons in that time got another new contract you got someone like Fred sticking up the place Marshall that we've hanged on for ages this game just reminded us or reminded me especially off the back of what haaland has been doing at City about how far away we are I know most people most fans aren't looking at that but if we're trying to get back winning titles the first team that we need to knock off of their perch or to try and challenge is Man City and they're just too far ahead of us at the Moment. So I'm not really too sure what people are thinking in terms of where we're going to go with that one. When it comes to the top four race. It's a little bit sketchy out there for us at the moment. We'll probably still finish in the top four comfortably considering the points we're in at the moment. We're currently sitting fourth on 63 and Newcastle above us is 65. And I think we've got about five games left to play. So, you know, if we basically win our remaining games, then Liverpool aren't going to catch us regardless. But I still think there are um twists and turns that are going to happen towards the end of the season so Premier League it's always full of surprises there's always teams playing for something there's never a dead rubber game for the most part so I expect this to change but if we do our jobs in the next couple of games we shouldn't have to worry really we shouldn't have to worry but I did expect a bit more from that game but I guess it kind of is what it is and um we have to kind of take it on the chin and hope that we can perform well in the next game, which I think is going to be an away game against flipping West Ham, I'm pretty sure. So it's another away game, which I'm really scared about. But, you know, we kind of have to get it over and done with. We kind of have to get it over and done with. Um Moving on from that one, a quick little note I wanted to add here regarding, where did I have it? I had it here? There we go. Regarding these so this is courtesy of hypebeast and i'm wondering why i don't see these often outside and in real life more so this is regarding um a shoe brand called clint's which is based out of manchester here in the uk and they're just debuting here basically courtesy of hypebeast a new model it says here, clint honors toronto with the trl 2.0 raptors and they've got this new um colorway um or model i guess that they're kind of um showcasing here on hypebeast and i've seen this shoe um, you know featured in all over instagram here and there they have a pretty good um handle in terms of marketing and pushing the shoe on there because it seems like every time i open the app i'm basically seeing another picture of somebody wearing clinton a cool way but i'm curious as to why this shoe never took off in the UK, like, in a real way. I don't really see many people wearing them. I'm sure there are many influencers out there who got up there, or many cooler kids who I don't see because I'm not cool, I'm washed, so maybe I don't see them in that regard, but day to day i'm surprised given a silhouette when it comes to a chunky sole when it comes to this really nice aggressive outsole when it comes to the nice colorways and just the overall silhouette i'm just surprised that more people haven't jumped on these as a kind of alternative to the usual kind of sneakers everyone's wearing because they kind of tickle the usual boxes but they're a little bit different so if you're fed up of wearing air force ones you're fed up of wearing jordans you're fed up of wearing solomons vans whatever it is that everyone wearing out there i feel like these clints are a little bit more interesting than what you would see out there maybe but i was just thinking myself if i had to theorize as to why these maybe haven't taken off the way they probably should have a part of me thinks there's probably a little bit too much going on in the paneling on the upper There's probably too much going on there in terms of the amount of different panels there. I'm just going to count here the amount of different pieces that make up the whole entire upper. Um, just off the top of my head, you're thinking one, two, three on the toe box alone, maybe four, including the mesh kind of underlay body thing. You got five here with the eye, with the eyelets, um, with the eyelets, eye stay, whatever that thing is called. You got maybe six here seven with a heel tab and maybe a little bit more maybe eight here with this 3m that runs around it there's a lot of different panels too much probably so it probably looks a little bit too busy so that might be a reason why people are not really jumping on them um and it maybe would be a little bit hard to wear for some people with certain outfits because of how wide and bulbous they look i see someone in the chat mention they look like a knockoff of osiris yes pick up crash so that may be a reason too because i think those osiris d3s as great as i think as they are as a shoe to the regular person on the street they're kind of hard to wear with your regular items right um especially if you're going to be out there wearing you know skinny jeans and a flipping you know, cardigan or something, where maybe Osiris D-freeze and shit isn't going to work out. So maybe this Clint's are the same thing. But this is courtesy of Hypebeast. Read the article quickly. It says, Manchester based label, Clint's is continuing experiment with, um, footwear design and shows no signs of innovation Holt, the brand consistently delivered fresh products that differ from the current uk offerings um including the stepper the stomper boot and more the clint's trl 2.0 is the brand's most notable pair and takes inspiration from the classic trek footwear clint's recently un- unveiled france and japan inspired designs and highlights canada for its latest drop so this is meant to be a canadian colorway it's meant to be a Canadian colorway, but this also reminds me of a colorway of a Nike air stab that I had in the past um from foot patrol big up foot patrol, the legendary London sneaker store, and they had this shoe that they made, and the colorway of this stab looks very f- similar to the colorway that clinsched did on their shoe am i am i am I bugging I don't think I am, so it's weird that they'll say this is a Canada colorway, but it just looks like a copy. And a rip of what Flipping Foot Patrol did with their shoe back in the day. Maybe that's maybe Foot Patrol based theirs on the Canada colorway also, but it looks very similar. That Clint's colorway and this and this Foot Patrol um, air stab that came out, I think, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, 2005. It's a long time ago the shoe came out. Um, but yeah, that I purchased back in the day. So it looks a little bit familiar to me, like that Foot Patrol shoe. But anyway, let's go back to the article. Um, it says, the Chunky, so dubbed the 2.0 Raptors, the Chunky model is embraced by the basketball team's original purple uniform use. Um, okay, it's, okay, it's, it's an, by the Toronto Raptors. Let's see Toronto Raptors jerseys. Toronto Raptors jersey. I'm actually curious to see this purple. I didn't know it was purple. Okay, cool. Maybe that is inspired by it. Maybe it does come from this. I don't remember it being that color i'm not really a big basketball fan so i wouldn't know too tough but it does it does kind of look similar doesn't it to that color way. so maybe maybe i'm wrong in that regard that clint shoe does look quite similar to this okay fair play fair play to clinks to clint sorry and um, it continues a purple suede i sent it the toe box i well, you know the deal um the raptors above um are going to be coming out and you need to enter the raffle, obviously, to go and purchase them. So, although Clint's are offering a different models and different silhouettes and shapes from the traditional brands, they're still selling shoes the same way, which is a bit of a disappointment, to be honest. You know, raffling, you know, raffles technically, when I was growing up, a raffle meant you would pay a nominal fee for a raffle ticket, but then that raffle ticket could then grant you the opportunity or the chance to win something that's way worth more than the price of the ticket that you paid. So you just one pound for raffle tickets or 10 P, wherever it would be, you'd buy rolls of them. And maybe you might end up with a washing machine. You might end up with an iron with a bag of popcorn, whatever. It'll be way more worth than what you, you know, you know, you purchase a ticket for nowadays raffles. you're sometimes paying to enter them. And you're also entering a raffle for a chance to pay for something, which is weird. So the whole term raffle never really sat well with me, especially when it relates to sneakers and shit. It's weird, especially when you think about most of the brands out there are essentially, you know, creating artificial scarcity in order to make their flipping shoes more limited than what they actually are. They could just make way more, but they don't, they choose not to. It's annoying, but hey, what can we do? moving on this is another topic courtesy of Hype Beast, and it features nts radio and always do what you want two uk stalwarts joining forces for a very unlikely collaboration it feels like to me because i can't think of anything more opposing or more kind of opposite to skateboarding than nts unless you maybe say because the station originally was located in dawson in that square where some guys were skating shit but i never really got skateboarding vibes from nts but hey what do I know? So it's courtesy of Hypebeast. It says London-based media station NTS originated in Hackney in 2011, um, founded by Femi Adiemi, who aimed to create an immersive ex- music experience After for all. The platform quickly went global and currently broadcasts over 50 cities worldwide. You know what's really strange to say this? is an admission. Especially coming from the UK and being part of the scene for a while and whatnot and doing my thing in terms of DJing on the side, blah, 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 blah. I've never in my life actually listened to NTS, like not even one show, like sat down and listened to it. And I had friends that had shows on there and whatnot and blah-de-blah, and I've seen it from its inception and whatnot. But the idea of online radio has never really kind of, Called me in any way shape or form maybe because i've been spoiled because i grew up in a generation where we had pirate radio stations and i would kind of run back home and be scanning the dial and clocking into radio stations and be recording flipping sets on cassette or cd and shit or mini disc and bring them into school so maybe that's the reason why and that to me was the best version of radio so this kind of online radio type of stuff never really resonated with me especially nowadays where i'm doing a million things at once. to sit down at one time to listen to a Radio station just doesn't make any sense. I would want to listen to it after the fact. And if it is after the fact, it's a, radio, it's a radio show that's been archived, it kind of just feels like a mix. You know I mean, especially if you're not talking that much in it. So it's a bit weird. So yeah, I've never really listened to NTS ever, like legit ever. I know some workplaces that people are in, they'll play NTS radio in the background as like kind of office music, but it's never really pulled me in that regard. But anyway. Maybe I'm in a minority because clearly they're doing great things because they're in 50 cities worldwide. Stepping into the world of streetwear, NTS is uniting with British skate brand, always do what you want, Um always do what you should, sorry, always do, I've got it wrong again, always do what you should do for a collaborative offering of co-branded pieces. The duo presents a club-ready range designed for the dance floor featuring cozy hoodies, bottoms blasted with AD, ADWYD's at logo and NTS lettering. I've always wondered when it comes to club-ready clothing, like what does that mean? Because sometimes you see club-ready clothing and it's basically people designing harnesses, PVC leather trousers, bondage pants, chokers, or like, you know, um flipping ninja techno type of stuff. Like what is actual club-ready clothing? Because when I go to the club, I just try and swag out. Unless I'm going there to actually sweat I'm, I'm going just, to I'm, I want to swag out. I want to freak shit. I mean, I want to look good. I'm not actually wearing like club ready clothes. That's never been something that's been in my mind, which is why I think sometimes the whole idea of having club wear can kind of come across a bit corny and a little bit lame. I think you're better off maybe thinking about designing for the night or designing for somebody that is no nocturnal animal in some respects, big up flipping Tom Ford the goat or that regard, or maybe having it be part of the journey overall in someone's life and maybe telling that story through clothes, but trying to design specifically with the nightclub in mind is a little bit naff. Like what you're going to do, you're going to start designing trousers that have like little loops on the side so you can put your beer cup or your, your, your beer tin or your cup on. So you don't have to hold it in your hand all the time when you're standing around and shit 2 stepping i don't know it just gets a bit, it gets into a very cringy naffy type of scene but from what we can see here on the screen so far um we have a t-shirts, we had beanies for this nts and always do what you should collaboration um big up my guy martello and um, what do we have here we have an nts jacket which you've never seen me wearing this is like walking around wearing like boiler room gear like you need to be pushed off a bridge that is com- incredibly, incredibly lame, which is weird to say because you know, if you follow something and you're a fan of something, it's no similar to being a fan of a band. But I can never picture myself walking around with fucking NTS gear. That sounds awful. Legitimately sounds awful. Like that. Legitimately sounds like you have like zero source. Like honestly, because you're wanting them to do all the heavy lifting for you. But that jacket, I'm not a fan of it. They've got NTS or do what you should. Slip mats. That's useful. More t-shirts. I guess the pants are included in it, also, I guess, and then what else we got here, and then we've got a sweatsuit. The sweatsuit might be the best thing, but again, is this club ready? I don't think this is club ready personally for me to go into a nightclub, especially the clubs that I go to wearing a pullover hoodie and sweatpants like and I think in some clubs that I go into, especially if I go in there and I look like this young black man does, and I rock up there with a skateboard like I've had done in the past, some clubs may never let me in because I don't look, quote-unquote, queer enough or whatnot. Do you know what I mean? So that's the interesting side of it, right? You you don't look like you're down. You look like you're from the road. You look like you could be a hoodlum. I see free mail, run, hide. Oh, we're scared. So that's the interesting side about it. They're creating this club-ready clothing with NTS, a well-known, well-regarded online radio platform. But if I actually wore this clothing and tried to get into some clubs, especially here in London, especially if they are smaller productions that kind of cater to a certain demographic or a certain community of people. They may not let me in, mate. That's how crazy it is out here. But anyway, regardless, going back to the flipping article, it continues, it describes what's there got party on markings and it says the drop is meant to be happening today right is it the fourth today or maybe another time i'm not too sure what's happening but you can purchase it if you want always do what you should nts collaboration is available on nts you can grab it all the information is there you know where to go google nts you'll be able to find it you will be able to find it moving on from that one quickly I need to talk about this this is courtesy of amy leon again you know whenever you think that they are their model of flipping design no whenever you think that their aesthetic has kind of got a bit tired and maybe the way they do look books has kind of got a bit boring and whatever it may be they always remind you that they are just a a cut above the rest i think emilion door definitely for me the american version of like a visvim in terms of you look at it it doesn't look that remarkable but when you look up close or you see it in context you're like ah i get why you're charging me fucking a thousand pound for a blue oxford shirt i understand i understand why you're charging me 300 pound for swim shorts i get it i get it it's just designed exquisitely the colors the the shapes the materials, everything looks amazing. And the one thing they do really well in terms of, you know, giving you this flipping thing appeal is the flipping lookbooks. I don't think, maybe it's outside of Stussy and Supreme, I don't think there is any other brands in streetwear or that field that they occupy in between streetwear, menswear and fashion, whatever it may be, who have a more appealing lookbook that instantly makes you want to buy everything in the flipping collection. Whether it's them having the models be those two black guy twins who always look amazing in ALD or it's them featuring their family and friends or locals, whatever it may be. Like they always look incredible and they always make the clothes look sick. Even these flipping shoes even these horrendous slipper sandal things these you know these um the, these sandals that my dad would wore have worn back in the day like they even make that sort of stuff look amazing but everything in this collection looks amazing they got a nice racing jacket which again a bicycle racing jacket which i'm kind of a bit over but the lookbook looks amazing i kind of I, I think i remembered who this guy is on the left hand side i think that might be philip philip something i forgot his name he had a brand back in the day. He's all grown up now with a kid and shit, which is making me feel absolutely, um, awful because I do not have one <laughs> and I do have no ambition to have one. But yeah, um, big up him, but look at all this stuff. Look how great this looks. This, this amazing, again, sweater vest top that's a little bit sheer on top of this, you know, striped shirt styled with some shorts and the recent and New Balance collaboration. It all looks so good, man. Bucket hats, some new sneakers. The, the suiting looks really good. There's a nice kind of waffle print sweatsuit thing going on here that I'm really a big fan of. They've got amazing tote bag that looks really cool that looks like a crochet. You no, know, it's, it's I guess it's a knitted tote bag with the logo on the outside in this olive green color, which is just, just right for me. The yellow hits there. You've got Fonsworth here um, in a full squat, nearly with his heels on the floor, wearing this lovely, lovely cream suit. He looks really good there also. Big up him. If you have people here, I don't recognize. But look how cool this looks. Look how cool this outfit looks. You can't deny it, man. You can't deny it. This is sort of like a flip on the teddy jacket from St. Laurent that they've also done. And it comes in this green colorway um with a matching jersey, it looks like, um, snapback jacket. I mean snapback hat, sorry. And then you have got the famous ALD twins here modeling who always look incredible when they're flipping in the clothes. They've got oh looks one of them's wearing the flipping um uh what's his what's his name? Uh oh, Prince Weather, it's called um new Air Max ninety fives which is a nice little styling tip they got there but they look great. Um, this is I'm um, guess this is um, what's his name the skater's dad in it I forgot his name, what's the guy's name and I forgot I wish I remember his name, um, white dude, cute dude, all the girls like him. He skates in flipping Nikes before I think he's on Converse now. That's it, Olson, Alex Olson. This is Alex Olson's dad. I'm pretty sure this is Alex Olson's dad. He's always looking swaggy and really good, so he looks great in the flipping lookbook. Some more New York people. I'm I'm sure it's got their names on it. Is it got their names here. Yeah, it's got their names. Is that their names. Yeah, this is it. Someone called what's her name called? Eleanor, Lourdes. And what's Alex Olson's dad's name? Steve Olson. So pick up Steve Olson. Um, and then this guy. Who's that guy? That's Edgar Bell and Ranger. He looks really cool in this outfit. Also. You got Freddie Gibbs here. Pick up him. He looks really good. I love this jersey on this look with this model, with the with the with the real, real light jeans. This looks incredible. I, f- I think I saw this guy on a um, on an Action Bronson video recently. He looks really amazing. But all of it looks amazing. Like they have a real good um, handle on making sure that they have their clothing really kind of hits really well. Um, when they put it in the lookbooks this guy looks familiar, i do not sure what his name is that's John Lennon he looks familiar though, it looks like I've seen him from somewhere, or maybe he looks like somebody else I'm not too sure, but he looks really good I like the loafers, look at this. Look how good those penny loafers look, they look like they're slip proof, they look like I could get in a fight in these and I won't be slipping all over the place these, lo- these loafers look really really cool I don't know who this guy is again, he looks very familiar who's that? That's Uncle Oh. That's Uncle Paulie. Okay, cool. Fair enough. That's Uncle Paulie from the famous um, Uncle Paulie sub sub shop that everyone kind of raves about. This guy also looks really nice in this top as well. But yeah, it all looks amazing as you can see from the Ald lookbook here, featuring everything they got from Spring Summer twenty twenty three. You can check it out if you want to see it yourself many cool little styling tips i'm sure you can kind of interpret and flex in your own fits if that's the way you're feeling if that's the way you're feeling and just look at the prices man god damn 70 pounds for a new era what are they charging here 375 for a cropped what's it called a cropped top coat what are these polos going for rico shirt 222 225, which is quite nice to be fair, because these look amazing. They look like they're made out of some sort of like lace or something. These look beautifully constructed, but the prices are really fuck you, pay me in at level when it comes to ALD. These papaya boots are 295, which is I guess decent. 350 for some dress trousers. The suit that Fondsworth was wearing, if I want the suit head to toe, I'm looking at what over a thousand pound nearly two grand the flipping double breasted jacket eight hundred dollars and the pants are four hundred god damn it man god damn it but yeah i love it anyway it looks amazing big up ald spring summer 2023 check it out if need be um you know where to find it ald or amy dot for all that information on that one amy dot com for all information on that one, okay. Let's move on this one quickly, shoonish sharpish, more than ever. Let's go with this. So, this is a really interesting article, courtesy of Mixmag, that says the follows: seventy-five percent of artists are making a loss on their music, according to a new study, which is not surprising to be honest it says seventy-five percent of artists are making a loss of their music according to pirate studios the research surveyed more than one thousand musicians from the uk and the us pirate recording studios which concluded that three quarters of the respondents were out of pocket due to spending money on promoting the releases or booking a flipping session at pirate because that place is super expensive now due to making a loss on releases the study reports um that over the, the study Reports that over half have taken a social media detox to cope with the loss. 91% of the surveyed promote their music independently and 75% sorry, um, spend more money than they make to push it on platforms. 56% of artists said that they would create visuals to support their next release, while 75% plan to make music videos. Dan Davis, head of community at Paris says, As an artist doing your own promo, it's both harder and easier in the social media age. Platforms reward a constant stream of content, which takes a lot of work. The payoff is that you can build your own audience rather than just trying to break through the gatekeepers. Seeing artists take time off social media is really a positive sign that male creators are prioritizing their mental health. For a lot of musicians in our studios music is a top uh is on top of a full-time or part-time jobs it's important to take breaks from work music and everything else that comes with being a musician in my opinion this isn't surprising but what should be what should what people should go into um this thinking is that music especially with it being such a competitive field and with it being such an unpredictable industry and with it also being something that isn't you know, there's no book you can read to kind of make it. It should always be treated as a really fun hobby to do. And you should always go into it knowing that you're never, you're probably unlikely to make it. But if you do, it'll be a great surprise. But you should kind of treat it, but you should kind of approach it like a professional. It's a really strange mix. You shouldn't go into it expecting anything, but you should treat it like you're a professional. And if something does happen, it's a nice surprise. But I feel like if you're going into it wanting to become a professional musician in your own right, it's maybe not the best idea to just work on your own stuff. You should maybe try and work behind the scenes, maybe mastering, um, maybe mixing, maybe audio, maybe whatever else you can do in the studio in terms of recording, maybe as a writer, producer. There are other things that you can do that would maybe um, allow you to have some um interest in that regard but when it comes to just making it as a sole artist i think people should just treat it more as a real real fun hobby i know that's what i do and that kind of helps to sort of like make sure that i'm not going crazy if i'm not maybe hitting the heady heights of the people that i kind of look up to or that i'm following or that i'm going to go and see and watch because part of the fun for me legitimately as somebody that kind of does it as a really enthusiastic hobby is kind of the creation side of things being you know using a part of my brain that i maybe don't use on a daily day on a daily basis that i can maybe use if i'm kind of you know doing the work and doing the art and i kind of really enjoy that more often than not and i like people should go into it with that kind of level of expectation more often but they don't they have these weird expectation levels onto it and they legitimately think that if they just put more effort into things and spend more money into promoting stuff, it's going to get where they going to get to. And it's not. It's actually a waste of time or a waste of money, actually, doing those type of things. Like, you know, pushing your stuff super hard on social or putting money behind ads and that. It just isn't worth it. You're better off making the art uh, creating as best as you can and just pushing yourself on your platforms like unashamedly and I know I haven't done that even my podcast I don't do that I just kind of stream it and put it out maybe I do your tweet here and there and I upload the stuff onto YouTube blah, blah blah but I don't do enough of the promo because I've come up from a generation where that was kind of corny to kind of push and promote yourself too much you just did the work in the hand of hope it kind of took off It if it took off or not it was just a fun thing to do and for me that's kind of how I've always operated but I think the if you know that's maybe an extreme way of going about things but I generally do think more artists especially if you're part of this 70% 75% of artists who are making a loss you shouldn't be putting your money into ad spends you shouldn't be trying to get you know Instagram promo ads for your mixes and shit or your clips of your song no one cares just put you, just put your effort and that money into just creating the best art that you can, and then just push it on your own social media platforms, as opposed to trying to, you know, um, push it on the freaking algorithm by paying for ads and shit and all that malarkey. That's just that's not worth it. Investing in your art should never be a loss, but investing into me into kind of marketing tours and all that stuff is definitely, definitely, definitely a loss, and that's definitely is something that should be avoided at all costs, in my opinion. Personally speaking, but again, you know, what do I know? What do I know? Eve says years ago, Courtney Love wrote an expose on the music industry, saying labels are even taking potential of merch and etc. Nowadays, yeah, we've seen that already. um I think we've seen that with um, what's it called? I think Live Nation are doing that. I think because of the venues, it's very very crafty. They kind of worked in a deal because they've got a grip on all the venues. They worked in a deal where even if you are independent. Um or so. even if you are kind of selling your own merch because you're doing a show in their venue you have to give them a cut of your merch sales which is flipping insane really is insane because the whole reason why merch became such a big thing in the first place was because artists weren't making enough money um from their flipping records from the tunes that they were made basically slaving over and flipping crafting and putting together they were making enough money from that hard work they did so then they go and do live shows then the flipping labels adjust again and create contracts that kind of lock them into doing live shows and cutting them into that percentage. Cool. Then they start pushing the merch because they can get a lot, a lot more of that straight in their pocket. Money wise, the labels again look at that, go back to the drawing board, create the contract so they can exploit and take away from that as well. Like it's horrendous, man. It really, it like I'm a little bit more understanding with artists who legitimately say, Hey, I want to break. I hate the music industry and stuff. It's very predatory. I understand it because from the outside looking in from people, some of your favorites and stuff and what they've been going through is flipping crazy to see in real time. Let alone the stuff happening with designer. Look at that right designer getting caught on a flipping plane jacking off and shit now he's getting into a mental institution and all of that i think stems from the fact that he hasn't realized his potential and he kind of probably got you know um he kind of got jerked in the in some deals as well no pun intended that definitely hasn't helped things but yeah the music industry is toxic as fuck man i don't think anyone's gonna deny that one then moving on with that um this is another kind of thing to touch upon. This that kind of you know, it, you know, kind of ex- expounds on that topic I was speaking about. This is courtesy of RA. It says only one in five dance music creators earn a living. IMS reports finds, and this I think also could explain why one of the things I remember speaking about before in the podcast is that I don't really understand why there doesn't seem to be a culture within dance music of big prominent DJs bringing up and coming DJs under their wing and i'm speaking from a selfish point of view being an up and coming dj and stuff and seeing people and seeing a lot of people coming up are having to kind of just do it on their own or maybe form their own collective but you rarely see some of the big dogs out there really putting their arm around some people and saying hey these are the next ones up i'm going to be taking them on tour with me they're going to be playing for me they're going to be opening up for me whatever it may be and i'm going to put them on it doesn't happen there's a lot of like i feel like no call it selfishness but everyone's kind of on their own little island and maybe there's a cool clubs and stuff but it feels like there's not a lot of sharing going along going around or collaboration when it comes to maybe not collaboration is not the right word but or just bringing people in for lack of a better term and i feel like this is maybe the reason why because if only one in five people are making it it means the opportunities out there are kind of scarce so there is a a somewhat understandable scarcity, um, mentality going on within dance music, especially within DJs, because they don't want to bring somebody in and put their arm around them because there's a possibility that person could end up being better than them and taking all their fans away. And if it took so, if, if it's this much hard work to get into the industry and become successful, then the last thing you're going to want to do is voluntarily give up your spot. So maybe that's why I explain some of the flipping, you know, selfishness that goes on in dance music a little bit. But the article says as follows. The latest IMS business report has found that just one in five dance music creators earn a living from the craft. Published yesterday, April 26th, the data from the annual report suggests that 45% of respondents make no income. I'm probably, I'm definitely in this 45%, although I definitely received my odd little 150 here and there from pub gigs and stuff. But after my previous cancellation, that's probably over. So from the time of me spending money hiring Pirate Studio, um, my transport to get there, my little cheeky Mackie D's on the way there on the, on the way back, or maybe an Uber on the way back if I'm feeling tired, or maybe some flipping drinks that is a lot of money that's being spent to play and stream online and shit and create a mix without anybody putting anything in your pocket. But, I find it fun to be able to play in the place like pirate with kind of club ready equipment, fuck around, you know, um, try out some ideas, put together a mix and release it and have people listen to it. And maybe they enjoy it, maybe they don't. But I always find that fun because I just love dance music. And I love to DJ anyway, regardless whether it's for free or I pay my own money. But this definitely explains why the industry or the scene is a little bit tense in some places. It's a a bit tetchy. Um, because most people aren't eating from this stuff most people they had to pretend they are but they definitely aren't 40 percent of respondents have made no income the article says but 41 percent expect to make a living in the future which is just hope isn't it hope and pray pure vibes um the study also suggested so assessed the biggest challenge dance music creators face when trying to carve out a career the quote cutting through the noise scored highest hmm followed closely by the lack of time and the lack of financial resources additionally 67% of women say the pressure to look good impacts their career compared to 14% of women just going on that last point this is kind of a double-edged sword isn't it because if you're a if you're a good looking girl and you also like to DJ you know there's more possibility of you being able to make it it's just what it is isn't it you look at all the girls online on instagram and shit who are always being pushed who are always kind of really on it in terms of clipping themselves up and putting up little clips of themselves playing in clubs and whatnot and on going on tour mirror selfies all those girls without exception are all kind of conventionally attractive they've definitely got guys who would be interested in them or whoever's interested in them, right for sure so there's no denying that that kind of attention especially if it garners you a crazy amount of followers a crazy amount of engagement overall that will definitely interest some clubs who are struggling to sell tickets or just want to put people on who are going to attract a crowd because they look at your flipping follower crowd and think hey we're going to get you in but i can also understand if you're a pretty girl and you can dj how it can make you feel a little bit horrible a little bit icky that you're only getting booked because you have big tits or because you have a really pretty face or because you have that kind of comatose like dead lip thing that girls do nowadays online or you have a really shiny you know nose so you look like an anime character all those things can kind of play into your favor and help you get your foot in the door but they can also be um very uh, problematic for your overall safety going in because people look at you like a piece of meat they want to touch you they want to feel you they want to come close to you they want to say crazy shit to you and it can get a little bit ugh, disconcerting that you're not just judged on the music alone and there's always other stuff going on but it's a, but again it's a really good opportunity too if you do want to get in because you know it looks like if you just want to get in to be as just a pure dj and get up behind the booth wearing a burqa or something You're not going to get far, probably. You would assume so. You would assume so. Um, and then the other parts here. About cutting through the noise. This is true. There's just too much content out there, let alone mixes and stuff. Like I said before that I d- I've i never listened to NTS. Like I've never listened to a full show in my entire life. And I'm from London and a lot, a lot, of, I know a lot of the people that started the station. I know a lot of people that play on the station. And it's obviously something that's in and around where I'm from and kind of, you know, I can't escape it. But I've legitimately never in my life listened to NTS like ever. And that's not because I'm better than them or anything. It's just, there's just not enough time in the day to listen to stuff. Like on top of all the stuff that I watch, on top of all the books that I read, on top of all the things that I do in my free time, on top of work, there's just not enough time to listen to that. So I just think nowadays especially if you are becoming DJ and artist, it must be difficult. It must feel quite hard to cut through the noise because people have got many things that's kind of occupying their minds and to get in front of them and have them pay attention to what you do, double tap a video of you DJing somewhere, go and actually click on that sound of link to listen to it. All that thing is really difficult. So I understand that coming through the noise, but that just goes back to what I said before. I think you should go into it always just enjoying it for enjoying sake. And not thinking, oh, I need to, I need to make it. This needs to be a thing. I had to get a certain amount of plays. No, just enjoy what you do, and hopefully something comes of it. And if it doesn't, it's at least you're having a fun um, time in the process. It continues here. It says, from a financial perspective, the reports suggest the global dance music industry is in rude health. After a growth of thirty four percent last year, the industry is now valued at eleven point three billion, a figure sixty percent higher. Than pre-pandemic times. Despite this growth, the proportion of women DJs getting hired for festival number of events fell down from twelve percent to fifty percent. That's crazy that it's become bigger actually over time. It doesn't feel like that going out. Maybe it feels like there's more events going out there, but I don't feel like most of these events are selling out as much as they should. Clubs aren't as busy. I feel like on a week to week basis. It honestly doesn't feel like that when I'm out there on the streets myself. But maybe I'm just not seeing what I should be seeing. And this conversation about male, sorry, about more female digital lines this needs to end, honestly. It's just difficult for everybody. This idea that you have to kind of I don't know, what are they gonna do? Like try and crowbar in women on lineups by making them what half and half. It's just idiotic. Just start off made I think the the most important thing is to start off by actually showcasing and platforming cool, and interesting DJs regardless of how they um identify or whatever gender they are or whatnot. Do that first. That should be always the beginning point because too many of these places and these institutions, these festivals, these clubs, just go for the tried and true. They're not adventurous. They don't try new things. They don't, you know, try and introduce different sounds, you know, try and maybe introduce different promoters to the scene, nothing. It's always the same old names because they get lazy and because they know those people are guaranteed to sell them a certain amount of tickets so they can break even on the bar. That's what they do. But if you want to start somewhere, do that first. And then by proxy of highlighting underrepresented voices or giving them a platform, honestly, what it does is that by, by default, you will inevitably come across that you're top hiring more women DJs. It'll just happen by default because you're exploring more people that haven't been maybe showcased or platformed or highlighted. That's what would happen. But this whole let's focus on just getting more women on the lineups is just dumb, in my opinion. But what do I know? Um, this, the poster said the publishing report coincided with the launch of this, sum, uh year summit. Returning to the Destino Ibiza IMS 2023 was a featured discussion with Sherelle, Elijah and Fat Tony, among others. So I'm definitely going to check it because I'm always a fan of checking this sort of stuff and kind of getting a bit balls deep into the dance music business nonsense. I'm probably one of the only people that actually watches a lot of these panel discussions in full, but I'm definitely going to be checking out the IMS YouTube channel, um, Ibiza music. Um, seminar, what not And I'll check it out For sure, for sure, for sure, for sure Moving on from that one We need to talk about We have to talk about this which is pretty surprising, man, this kind of came out of the blue, I felt like, again, courtesy of RA, it says paper, the legendary paper magazine, the actual, most people know paper, primarily for that flipping, um, Kim Kardashian break, the internet cover, from back in the day, where she's got the champagne bottle, and she's praying it, and it's kind of spraying, and hitting her bum from behind, and shit, um, unfortunately, it looks like they laid off the entire staff. And what's interesting, though, for a magazine, I feel like that's kind of world renowned and doing bits and has done a great, you know, has has kind of played its part in culture. They only had twenty to thirty full time employees anyway. That's pretty sick. They're able to run such a such a cool magazine on such a small team. And of course, other freelancers, I'm sure that did work. But the title here, courtesy of Resident Advisor, is everyone is still in shock. Paper Magazine lays off entire staff. Um, first reported by Adweek on Wednesday, um, 27th of April, and confirmed by staff on social media, the entire editorial team of 20 to 30 members has been affected by the layoffs at paper. Publisher Tom Florio, who was the former Condé Nast Publishing Director of, of Vogue, everywhere Condé Nast people go, they just everything they touch just turns to stone in it these people have uh, the opposite of a Midas touch uh publishing for director for vogue teen vogue bon appetit and conde nurse traveler acquired paper magazine under his company en tech media group in 2017 he reportedly cited last year's decrease in the advertising as a reason for the cuts floria didn't immediately respond for comment it says here, as a quote, it was a surprise, but deep down I felt something was coming. Paper News Editor Jade Gomez told Resident Advisor. And that's what actually does happen. If you're actually paying attention at where you work out and you're just clocking in and clocking out, it's pretty easy to tell when companies are going to be going under. Some easy tells, especially if you work in startups. You start seeing less snacks. Those usually account for a change. You start to see less drinks, or no drinks at all. You start to see less Food at all hands meetings. You start to see less company away days. You start to see less staff (laughs) those are usually examples of like okay the the end is coming soon so you better get your affairs in order it continues here it says the news came during the company-wide meeting that morning and was effective immediately she explained happens a lot in media the quote says sadly rug gets ripped out from under you honestly everyone is still in shock so imagine going in for a company meeting on the monday thinking it's just a regular schmegular occasion and on that monday you get told hey there's no jobs you're out of here mate you're off go get something new Jesus Christos. Papers layoffs follow a flurry of media cuts and uh, cut downs across the industry, including Goudem, NPR, and BuzzFeed News. Gomez confirmed editor in chief Justin Moran will be staying on until the end of May to facilitate the remaining stories. <clears throat> Sorry. But all other editorial operations will cease immediately. The publisher will continue to look for alternatives, cost effective options to remain in business. This, they always say this. I think it's just what you have to say, but if they have to fire 20 to 30 people, it's basically over. There's no saving this. And even if it did get saved, who'd want to work there? Because it just died again anyway. Um, paper launched in 1984 and covered music um, arts and primarily focused on New York scene. The publication rose to prominence with the internet culture in 2014, as most of you guys know, with the break the internet cover. So actually let's let's actually get that cover up on here just as a kind of last tribute to flipping paper magazine and everybody that worked there so again um rest in peace paper and everybody that did work there it looks like it's over now but as a tribute let's just highlight how amazing this flipping picture was this editorial was absolutely incredible this story, everything around it was really, really cool, I feel like. So Big Up Paper, you know, you you weren't here for a long time, but you're definitely here for a good time. And you create some interesting and cool moments, as we can see here, as we can see here. So Big Up Paper and everybody associated with it. Hope you all land on your feet. I really hope you all land on your feet. Moving on from that, we have another article regarding layoffs, actually, this time courtesy of New York Times. This one, I'm surprised it took so long, not going to lie, it, even though I'm a big fan. Um, and it's kind of sad to see how it kind of died a very slow death, a death, definitely by a thousand cuts. This is courtesy of New York Times. It says Vice is says to be headed for bankruptcy soon. The company which was once valued at $5.7 billion has been struggling to find a buyer this year and this is definitely an end of an era man definitely a sea change is happening here there's probably kids on tiktok now that have no idea what vice is and have no idea what what vice did in terms of its part it played in culture in terms of reporting in terms of just creating cool content in terms of the careers it launched like god man Um, This is the courtesy of New York Times Vice the brash digital media Disruptor that charmed giants Disney um, and Fox Into investing more um, Before a stunning crash landing Is preparing to file for bankruptcy According to two people acknowledged of the operations The filing could come in the coming weeks According to the three people familiar With the matter who weren't authorized to discuss A potential bankruptcy on record The company has been looking for a buyer And still might find one To avoid the current bankruptcy More than Five companies have expressed interest in acquiring vice, according to a person briefed on the discussions. The chances of that, however, are growing increasingly slim, said one of the people acknowledged um, of the potential bankruptcy. The bankruptcy filings, why do they keep saying that at the end of it? With knowledge, with knowledge, we know who it is. Anyway, it continues the bankruptcy filing would be a bleak coda to the tumultuous um, story of Vice, a new media interrupter, uh, interloper, sorry, that sought to supplement the media establishment before persuading it to invest hundreds of millions of dollars in 2017. After a funding round from the private equity firm TPG, Vice was worth 5.7 billion, but today, the most accounts is worth a tiny fraction of that think of it also vice also i think were the creators of that kind of oh no they, they popularized the term gonzo journalism right especially when you think about the documentaries they did on fucking north korea those might have been the first pieces of legit content we got to see video of like what it is to kind of live in north korea day to day or what it kind of looks like overall like they did some amazing things even just like um, what's it called? Is it Munchies, the YouTube channel, right? And they got that one where they go and sh- I forgot what the what the what the show is called, but they got a show on flipping Vice where they kind of go. Oh, yeah, that's what that's the one I liked. They got the show on Vice where they go to restaurants and they get the head chef or the owner to get their friends around and they go on a bar crawl to different restaurants, different you know bars and drink and shit, and they get absolutely wasted the entire time. It's a really cool little piece of content video that I used to always watch. I think I watched literally every episode of that. I can't even flip and remember the name of it. Let me see if I can grab it up here on my phone because it's bugging me. But it was a munchy show they had where they had people kind of doing things as they were walking around. What was it called? It was on Vice. It was like a street it was like a thing that they did uh with restaurant owners. It wasn't called that. I can't I actually can't find it on here actually. Maybe they don't maybe they stopped doing it. Um not guy 2 I'm looking at it now it's not guy. that's the one Chef's Night Out yeah that's the one Chef's Night Out that legitimately was one of my favourite ever 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 shows that they did man like Chef's Night Out was fucking legendary so it's sad to see them go out that way and of course they I actually got one here I think maybe somewhere I can show you their magazines were amazing I've actually got a couple magazines here that I'm still holding on to some really amazing co- covers actually all right. You got cover number one here. That I've got of an old Vice magazine. And this is from the year 2013 actually. Fucking crazy, innit? That's still got all this shit holding on. And I've also got one that features the legendary Dash no. R.I.P. to the goat. R.I.P. Dash no. And this art uh, this one is from uh, probably about the same time as well. Uh what, what year is this from? I'm looking on the inside. Yeah, look at these pictures. This might be from 2013 also. So the magazines were fucking legendary, and it's sad to see them go this way, man. It really is. I'm not gonna lie. An absolute legendary publication, but let's continue. Let's continue. One else I wanted to mention was this courtesy of RA. I've not really heard of this festival. Um, until I kind of saw it on RA and I saw it, I think, featured as well. Someone was speaking about it on the Bergheim subreddit earlier. And it looks interesting, man. I may have to go, especially considering I was talking before on a podcast that I need to find some new, interesting places to go to outside of going to the usual Berlin, especially I want to get back onto my actual techno tourism tilt that I was doing before. But I got caught in a bit of a rut and I got a bit comfortable of going to Berlin because I kind of know the scene there. And know the clubs and you know i know how to kind of you know navigate and sort of do my thing and it's a kind of an easy option to go to and it's fairly cheap but nowadays it's not as cheap as it once was especially with brexit and just the economy being the way it is it's not that it's, it's not that cheap as it should be so i'm looking for other options so one option would be to consider going to the netherlands and to go to this festival which is called um I don't know how you pronounce that. Dry Molen, Dry Molen, Dry Molen Festival, right? Dry Tilburg, Dry Molen Festival, and this is a really interesting festival in my opinion because there's loads of back to backs. I'm sure that's their theme of what they do, but instead it's, instead of just booking singular people to kind of DJ and do their thing they kind of do them in terms of back-to-backs, which must be a booking and scheduling horror because a lot of these people are probably doing different labels, sorry, on different booking agencies and shit, and I don't know how it is. Maybe the business of booking DJs, you have to have certain people play on certain nights, you on certain booking agency lists. I don't know. I'd imagine the the just the data, you know, the running of this and putting it together must be difficult. Maybe it's not. I don't really know. But regardless, the the way that they programmed it, it really kind of piqued my interest. So it's courtesy kind of R.A., it says um, Tilburg's Dre Molin Festival books Skrillex back to back with Blawan for two for twenty twenty three festival. Imagine that Skrillex back to back with Blauwan, How weird that will sound. Like they have the most op- opposing sounds. I feel like unless you're thinking of Blawan, more of a drum and bass type of, of things. But I'm interested to hear that. It says here. Dutch festival, Dre, Dre Molen, Dry Molen, I you how you pronounce it, has revealed this year's lineup. The program will be spread across six stages hosted by the likes of Job Dresses party, um, Strange Love, Eris Dew and Octa Octas, which I'm a big fan of, Forest Rave, Blauan and Parry are taking over the pit, and Nenny H will host the tunnel. The lineup is heavy on back-to-backs, including Blauan, Skrillex, Jazz, and whatever else. Other highlights include Techno Act, Sandor District, DJ Lag, more Elian, Faf, Amelia And a few others But again let's look at the back to back listing This is the one that's really kind of got me interested I'm actually going to put it on my list here As interested because I fucking am So look at the back to backs they got here Playing at this festival right They got Agina playing back to back with O.K. Williams Which is fucking for me sonically perfect Aku back to back with Luke Slater Anita back to back with Mama Snake Anita like that's going to be Fucking incredible That's gonna absolutely like be bopping. That's gonna be real fun. Angel Delight and back to back with Ketia. Um, uh, Who else you got here? You got Benny Rodriguez back to back with Job Jose. That's gonna be so cool. Two Dutch dudes play the similar type of music, different types of way. You know, both good vibes, always smiling, always dancing behind it. That's gonna be so fun to watch, just as a spectator. So that's I'm a big fan of. Blau and Skrillex, just for the lulls, will be cool to check out, even though I'm not the biggest Skrillex fan um core super and prior again is perfect i feel like chucky back to back with uh Schumann, i'm not too familiar with them darwin back to back with Manner is obviously for good deep back to back with who i'm not really too fond of or not too familiar with sorry um this is one of my favorites here dj python back to back with upsani that is gonna be really 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 fun double o back to back with Martha. Eric's back-to-back back with a Helena Half. Like, I'm on it. I'm definitely on it. This is definitely my lick of things. And the thing... What makes this interesting also is it's in September. So there's plenty of time to flip and save up the coins and to kind of go. But I'm definitely looking at this and thinking, you know what? I'm all over this. This list is looking great. you got Jess back-to-back with Talia here. Kiki back-to-back back with a special guest. Like, there's just too many good people here. Way too many amazing people playing. And it definitely is up my alley. So... If you're in Dutch if you're in Holland or if you're around this place in what's it called? Tilburg in Holland and you happen to see me throwing shapes, um, say hi because I'm definitely gonna be there. No doubt about it. It doesn't say the ticket price or anything in it. I don't think we're gonna know about tickets just yet. The lineup is there, no info on tickets, it doesn't look like update. Okay, ticket cost is seventy Euros. Come on, bruh. Seventy Euros for this is Really, really cheap, in my opinion, considering, um, all of the people that are there playing. And again, like I just said, just the programming alone has really got me in, you know, it's kind of piqued my interest. The idea that they've got all these back to backs programmed as opposed to just having loads of users playing by themselves is going to create a really cool energy. It could go two ways. If you don't know the person too tough and it's just like a back to back, it's just been booked on. It can be a bit naff, but I also think the challenge of it will be interesting enough. But yeah, so far regular tickets are sold out. No, for shuttle service, but the tickets are still available for the weekend. Um, they are currently for the weekend one hundred and fifteen euros plus three ninety booking fee. Friday day tickets are fifty four euros. Oh no, I guess fifty fifty nine sixty, and then Saturday the same seventy four around a bit up more than that, and then you've also got camping tickets and shit and then the one above that is what shuttle service right shuttle service from Tilburg station going there back and forth so it looks like a pretty cost-effective festival in terms of what I want to do so I'm definitely looking at that and that definitely is on my list I might actually replace that to go I might actually go to this instead of going to Houghton that's how interested I am in it and I only just found out about this the other day so I'm definitely on it so big up Dre Molan Festival. And what I might do actually when I do go out there is actually take my camera and actually create some content, like actually record my time out there, um, the vibes and whatnot. And actually make that a bit of an experience as opposed to just going there and getting fucked up. I think I might, I might do that and actually, you know, put some of that stuff together, edit and upload it onto YouTube. Cause it's been a lot of stuff. I've actually vlogged and done that stuff. I used to do that quite often before, but I kind of been slacking and just haven't been in the mood. But I think that'd be a good option to kind of go about doing stuff like that going forward. So yeah, watch out. Holland, watch out Tilburg I'm coming for you brother I'm coming for you I'm actually curious to see What does actually Tilburg in the Netherlands look like As a place What does it look like? Tilburg, Netherlands I've never I I don't even know what that is on a map I'm not going to lie I know of Amsterdam But I don't know of Tilburg How far is it outside? Is it outside of the city? I'm assuming it is right I'm clicking on a map Of um, Tilburg here on Google and it's showing me that Tilburg, yeah, Tilburg is just outside of, or it's not just outside, it's on the outskirts basically of Holland, it looks like. you got Amsterdam right there in the centre, and then you got Tilburg, which is on the border of Belgium. So it's pretty, pretty far. <laughs> to be honest so most likely i'm gonna have to fly into amsterdam and then get a coach all the way to tilburg and then get another coach to the flipping festival location it's gonna be a bit of a mad one or have to fly into some of these other locations that are closer like eidenhoven maybe rotterdam maybe Dord Dor- drench was that, how you, how do you pronounce that word there yeah. Europort, The Hague is a bit too far, but these might be some places to go on. So yeah, let's see, man. Techno tourism, Netherlands, I'm coming for you. Netherlands, I'm coming for you moving on from that one moving on from that one i have to feature this because i think this is really cool this is courtesy of Mixmag, and it says here skeptor and jammer launch house label mass tiemper with mass murder ep the label heads plan to for the imprint to provide a platform for producers to expand their current portfolio range now I think this is just cool from just a visual aspect to see all these black dudes um, making dance music especially within that scene of like what you would describe tech house business techno whatever it is there's not a lot of black people in there right they don't really I feel like maybe it's not platform them but maybe we don't feel the most comfortable being around um people but in general I feel like the music for sure is way within our kind of um skill set and definitely within our Lane. And I feel like a lot of these guys, especially Skepta and Jammer, considering their flipping history, considering their flipping CV, they could make tunes in that genre with their eyes closed. There's no doubt about it. And especially considering skeptic started as a DJ, you know, he could as easily smash in that field. So I feel like them kind of dipping their toes into that scene will hopefully inspire a whole new generation of kids coming up to give that side of dance music a chance because I feel like there's a lot of untapped potential. There's a lot of kind of um, ground there that we haven't explored that we could kind of do really, really well, in my opinion. Um, anyway, the article says as follows, Skepta and Jammer have minted their new house-focused label, Mass Tiempo with a collaborative EP, Mass Murder. The two-track record is out now and features a Skepta and Jammer collab, Mass Murder, and a collaboration between Jammer, Jay Colo, and Aussie titled Touch Me. Both label heads made their name as Grime Artists and as part of Legendary Boy New crew that was founded... Um uh no, but jam was never in Boy Better No, by the way. This is wrong. Um the crew that founded in 2005 he could have kept a winning Mercury Prize in 2016 for his album Kanichiwa, but Skepta DJ said legendary at Beef for Club DC ten last summer, signaled the rapper, producer, and DJ bring in his interest in-house. On top of that, he also, if I'm not mistaken, they also sold out beams. And if I'm not mistaken, was that the show that people were like reselling tickets to go and see Skepta and Jammo DJ at Beams um for like £400 or something? Like, and I think Ticket Swap, the main kind of, you know, reselling ticket platform that we use out here – I think most people use in Europe, it has a cap on how much you can charge anyway. And I think some people were trying to get around it, and maybe they did, but people were selling those tickets that they were kind of um out there for their Beans performance for, you know, three, four, five times the value, which is absolutely insane to think about it. Um, but again, it shows the desire and it shows the hunger and the thirst for what they do. And obviously, it kind of resonated with a lot of people out like there because, you know, like it or lump it with some of the cool kids out there. I'd, I'd, I'd imagine. The tech house genre is probably the most popular in terms of like, you know, people that go out, buy music, go to clubs, pick t- tickets and whatnot. And maybe just DJ fees. If you just want to compare DJ fees, I think it's definitely up there. Anyway, continue the article. In an interview with Mix last year, skeptic said, I've always collected and shazammed any tech and minimal tracks I've heard on many travels around the world. Tiempo is a movement from Africa to London to Ibiza, with focused on production, DJs, and events, and the team is ever expanding to bring in new flavor of house music. It's always known. I've always known I'm a more of a more. I'm more than a rapper. Going forward, I want to show my attention to detail and relentless hard work ethic in different ways, and DJing is one of them. That's incredible, and it's super inspiring, isn't it? DJing is one of them. He just sold artwork at fucking Sotheby's last year. He's doing music. You know, he's probably going to drop soon. There's also a couple of snippets come out, and he's also launching a flipping house label, putting on raves, DJing and shit. This guy is really cool. Big up, Skepta. Speaking about the release, Jammer said, the generation rules the nation. The version that really resonated with us of Mass Tiempo Journey, musical youth sampled on Mass Murder was perfect to showcase the way that we feel about giving people our spin on house production without, with instruments, with instrumentals while paying homage to the ones that came before us. The plan for the imprint is to provide a platform d the peluche Party is taking over London's Coco this Sunday, April 3rd, it's happened already. Um joined by a lot of um Solomon Le Chat, Kitty Amor, DJ Maxman, Beard, back to back with GJ Kalo and five tickets on sale now. But yeah, I'm just happy because I think this is a tempo shift. Um no pun intended and i think what it should do is that it helped to kind of freshen up the scene so it's not all a bit whitewashed because you know as much as i'm not really that plugged into tech house from what i've seen of the raves and the djs and stuff there is a particular kind of archetype of person that kind of plays at these places but i feel like getting these guys involved or these guys getting themselves involved and kind of putting their hat in the ring also can kind of help to freshen up offer different sort of flavors different sort of presentations of what that music is about and also different opportunities and hopefully inspire different kids to come up and try their hand at it because you know as much as I enjoy going to these spaces and having a good time and whatnot, it can be sometimes a bit of a bummer going to a nightclub that plays the music that I'm into and being one of only two or three people who are kind of raving to this And you're black. It's really disconcerting. It kind of makes you feel like what like you know, especially if you're being otherized and fetishized by flipping people there and people every two minutes and so are coming up to you asking you if you've got fucking pills for sale. It just can make you feel a bit lame, to be honest, a little bit shitty. So the more this becomes commonplace. The less likely these fuck faces are gonna be asking me for pills and whatnot. Because, you know, I'm just there raving like you are, mate. I'm just there raving like you are. But yay, hey, what do you know? Um, was it Crash says, Do these guys know about Chicago House? Yeah, we know about Chicago House, but we need to be creating a whole new part of history because this whole Kind of first that people have for educating people on the history of dance music and saying it's rooted in black music and whatnot. And it's coming from black originators. That's a noble cause, but most people don't give a fuck. So you just have to create a new history and obviously reference some of these legends, but new stories need to be told. And I feel like these guys are going about it the right way. And again, you know, they're, they're putting, you know, they have some skin in the game. They're putting the money where their mouth is. So I'm going to be sitting on the sidelines, eagerly anticipating to see how it develops over time, how it develops over time. Now moving on, I want to talk about this quickly. This is regarding an actual recent Out of the Blue update regarding Balenciaga. They actually dropped their pre-fall 2023 collection. Um, I feel like it came out of the blue a little bit. Maybe this was on purpose, considering what they've been going through the past what few months or whatnot. And um, they decided to just kind of drop it slightly, not really say too much. And now we are left with the flipping images. And so far, from what I've been able to check, Through on the lookbook, which is not that many items actually, not that many looks, only 30 for the pre-fall collection. Um, it's definitely what I kind of thought it would be, especially post, um, BDSM bear scandal. Demna's definitely gone back to just making what his version of really amazing fashion, really amazing garments, loads of Cristobal Balenciaga references, and it's definitely a more pared back, muted kind of presentation. There's not much of the rah-rah, much of the glitz and glamour or whatever else or showmanship. He's just trying to go back to making clothes in the same way that he did with Vestemon, right? Just like to make clothes. And this is exactly what he's doing here with Balenciaga so far. Um nothing too crazy, nothing too out of the blue, nothing too whatever it may be, but just really nice, well made, high quality looking things here. The first look that opens it is an entire leather look where you've got a leather Bomber jacket, the similar type that everyone's kind of been going crazy, courtesy of Balenciaga that I think Kanye was wearing, um, but it looks like a little bit more elongated and maybe a little bit more baggy looking. Um, you've got a bag here, Kaggle kind of type bag with a chain. And you've got these really amazing wide leather pants also that look incredible, which I'm a big fan of. So it kind of sets the precedent straight away from the first look. Um, and then you've got the same thing going on with the second look, which I'm not really too fond of. There's a bomber jacket here and Look 3. This Look 4 is interesting because, if I'm not mistaken, this might be the same jacket that was featured in the lookbook for the scrapped, so far, Balenciaga and Supreme collaboration. It looks kind of similar. It really does. I'm going to actually try and get it up here and see if I've got it. But I'm sure that Balenci- that Balenciaga... And Supreme collaboration that never came out. The, the the they had a jacket in there that looked very, very similar to the one that I saw there in that Vogue lookbook. Sorry, in that Balenciaga pre look, but it looked exactly it looked very, very similar. If I can find it here, someone must have it um listed here. So on the images, where can I find it? Someone must have it here. There was definitely a picture. That feature there if not, I'll grab it. There we go. I found it straight away. Actually, from my own image, from my own picture, from my own flipping thumbnail, my own video. This is it. So as you, as you can see, this video, this image here on the top right, there's a picture of a jacket that looks very similar. It's actually the same look, actually. Okay, so I guess that's what it was. So now we know. Maybe the Supreme collaboration was meant to come out during pre-four, because this picture is taken from the same um, place. If we go back to the actual picture itself, that's the same pose. That's the same guy, everything. That's the same thing as what we're seeing here on the picture that was leaked of the Supreme collaboration. So maybe that wasn't actually part of the collaboration, just a random image, but that does look quite similar. So it's a shame, man. If they didn't put out those BDSM bears, we would have got a flipping Supreme and uh, Balenciaga box logo hoodie. You know, that's what we missed out on. Demna's flipping tendency and you know flipping desire to always be viral and to p- provoke and tease people denied us the opportunity to have a Balenciaga box logo hoodie. I would never forgive him for that, mate. Never forgive him for that. Fucking hell, Demna. Anyway, let's continue. Keep your sick thoughts in your in your head, my friend. Um, to continue again. Some nice down jackets as per usual from Balenciaga. Nothing to be surprising here from Look Five you got that vest type thing that they got that's like a outdoors jacket that looks really nice or a mountain jacket that they all do well in which i think i mentioned previously in other podcast that that's one of their superpowers that they kind of don't get enough credit on their ability to make really cool mountaineering parkas and jackets they just always smash it with these Again, with the bag. Oh, they've got a padded overshirt. Cause I, I lost mine. My, my famous blue flipping padded overshirt. No, I didn't want to say lost mine. Mine is absolutely stained to the point where I can't even wear it outside. And, um, I need to get a new one, but this looks like a similar version of it. Um, it's got a bit more muted colorways on the flannel, but if you can see here, it looks like it's padded. It looks like it's kind of been padded and it's obviously oversized and it has this nice slip pockets on the side and it's usually got snap buttons on the front so you can make it look really cool if you button up a certain way you've got this amazing bodycon dress here looks really cool this bags i'm not really too fond of the ones that kind of go over your armpits are not the greatest for me got this weird looking catsuit that would look really interesting if i had to put it on right that looks really interesting (laughs) to be honest it kind of looks like sequin but no it isn't probably some other type of material this look is really cool look number 12 you got this oversized um yeah you got this oversized double fresh jacket that's been cropped i'm not sure if it's been if it's if it got buttoned underneath or it's been made to look like it's been folded under but that looks incredible and you got this mesh um tight pantyhose things that go into the heels they look really great. Match with the glasses, then the gloves and the bag. Everything about that look is banging and very striking. The proportion of that are really nice also. There's a couple here I actually wanted to mention. This again, this padded um, double-breasted suit jacket is really cool and a very versatile piece. I'll be all over this personally. This looks really, really nice. Person, I know it doesn't look the greatest on here and people are seeing it, but I like it. And again, am I mistaken here? Or is that belt buckle? Are those belt buckle earrings? Look at the earrings. They look really cool. I like those. So it's the, bu- I guess it's the buckle or the latch on a belt. They've kind of turned them into earrings. That's exactly what you're hearing me say. They've taken the, the loop and the latch, the metal thing that you have on your belt, and they've put those as earrings. I kind of like those. I swear to God. <laughs> These are really nice. People are telling me I shouldn't be giving Balenciaga a pass in the chat. Look, I'm not, I'm not about all the stuff that happens outside of it i just want to wear the cool clothes i think Demna's one of the greatest designers of his generation and you know it's just that like all the bdsm bear stuff of course we all know that's bad um but i've got nothing to add on that regard i'm just in it for the clothes man i'm just in it for the drip <laughs> what can i do man i'm a new slave you know what i mean i'm hooked on this shit the mesh the mesh tights look really interesting I think these are going to be very popular actually These mesh tights that link with the, with the boots, with the high heels People are going to be all over those for sure That mirrored um silver bag is awesome as well I'm a little fan of that And again the proportion of this look are crazy This is kind of one of my favourite looks proportions wise and shapes You've got this kind of flare jeans, semi baggy you got this cropped um hoodie that kind of exposes a little bit of the belly on the underneath and then you've got this really oversized um suit jacket with the big shoulders this this to me is a really amazing play on flipping proportions look number 20 i really really like those um same goes for this look all lever again with the suiting even the way they're posing in the change room is really cool i like to be honest um because it goes without saying that designer luxury brand change rooms are probably some of the best change rooms in the world they definitely make you want to buy the things that you're trying on like the lighting is perfect you've got big you know ceiling to floor mirrors um you know just amazing places that you can go and take pictures and shit oh look at that velour tracksuit look at that it's giving juicy couture isn't it look at that it's giving papa wemba huh it's giving vibes cartel i'm all over that look at that that shrunken velour canary yellow suit looks crazy. Can you imagine me wearing that just now? This would look nuts. Wow, I love that, to be fair. And then you've got, again, more of the padded um, suit jackets ensemble. This square bag is really cool. Uh, you've got, oh, wow, they've made their chore Oh, that's, that's me all over. They've made a Balenciaga chore jacket. The jacket that you kind of know from Kaha and whatnot, they've made their own interpretation of it. Obviously, it's got some pre-distressing done to it, but that looks inc- cool. I'm all over that. That is definitely something that will be in my list of buying, but it's probably going to be worth thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. And then same goes for the look here. The sandals are really awesome. Two straps in the sandals. There's a jean suit here with some shorts which is not too shabby and some more looks and again the visor and the glasses look really awesome these glasses are going to be all over the place as well i'm for sure going to see these on Bergheim dance floor when i'm next there for sure for sure i'm definitely going to see these these kind of visor um type glasses definitely when i head out there next time there's no doubt about that one but yeah bigger balenciaga pre full. i like it um, I know some of the people that are watching or listening are probably not going to be too fond of it, but again, I'm I'm a self admitted Debner fanboy. I love what he's doing over at Blendshark, and I think this definitely goes to say or goes to kind of you know endorse my idea that he was definitely going to be a bit more pared down, go back to basics, and just try his best to make cool clothes without pissing people off. And this is what he's doing so far at the moment, and I guess so far so good I guess so far so good I haven't seen people crying or complaining about it just yet so I think that he's maybe done the best thing that he can do for now the best thing that he can do for now moving on with that one let's talk about this as well which has kind of been breaking over my side of social media the last few days. Um, Kanye's been out and about doing some indescript things. He had this kind of show thing that he did um, with random Yeezy models dressed in a certain way where they were really small t-shirts and held candles in the dark. And then he's also recently been spotted here as per the wonderful account over and under him and his wife, Bianca Sensori, were posted or pictured um filming something, I'm assuming. And she's been posted filming, you know, wearing what she always wears. I feel like we've never seen Bianca Sensori in a pair of trousers or some shorts and shit. She's always wearing like lycra pants and whatnot. And she's been pictured, I guess, out and about filming something. And she's got a pair of um a pair of angel wings on. So, I'm not too sure if this is a flipping, um, if this is a kind of head nod to the previous video film thing that Kanye did. I forgot the name of it again. uh forgot it in my head. Where well, he has a woman playing an angel. Maybe this is kind of the same thing that he's doing. But he's definitely up to something he's definitely filming something he's definitely up to something i'm not sure what it is she's been you know bianca's there in a car she's clearly been painted on her face and whatnot so they're definitely doing some sort of performance some sort of work that's happening that we kind of have to kind of hope and pray that it's gonna for me personally anyway that's going to result in some clothes or in some shoes because i need me a pair of flipping desert boots i'm not gonna lie and then on top of that there's also some other interesting news which is probably the more interesting to come out of this whole um few couple of days of him acting out and popping out a bit has been this news courtesy again of over and under it says according to backgrid kanye West is opening his own store on melrose street in los angeles and it's going to be right next door to the AS original store so it looks like kanye even though he allegedly doesn't own yeezy ip which is weird that's what said before but i guess he's still opening a store under the name yeezy and then he's going to be, weirdly enough, next door to flipping Aida's Originals with only one store in between them, which is pretty crazy if you think about it. But the most crazy thing about it is definitely this outfit. The guy, he's got his leggings on. He's got his ass out. He's I'm happy he's wearing a man an, an old school Man United jersey, but flipping Kanye West out and about in the streets of LA wearing yoga pants. I didn't have that on my bingo card. I'm not going to lie. And he's got a mass he's got he's got my kind of ass, you know what I mean? He's got a Serena Williams kind of bum. So, you know, you don't leave anything to the imagination. I think it's better if you wear this type of stuff if you're built like Timothy Chameleon, you can get away with it. But if you have thighs, you have glutes, you have a you have a fucking buttocks, it's not gonna look that great on you. But yeah, Kanye is out here opening stores next to AS Originals. That definitely speaks to me, that definitely kind of hints that he's gonna be out there selling shoes i think probably more than likely or or maybe not actually i I take that back maybe it should maybe we'll be close maybe it will be more of a close thing going on because we haven't really seen much clips or information of kanye kind of working on new silhouettes or whatnot or you know working on materials or colorways all we've seen of him so far is him doing stuff to do with the Yeezy show and obviously as you can see here courtesy of over and under again these are some pics taken from allegedly what was meant to be Yeezy's 10 event in Los Angeles um where all the models were stood around wearing these white t-shirts that people are trying to sell now on Grailed which is absolutely hilarious there are these five these are these really small one-size-fits-all kind of t-shirts that were made primarily for the show and now people are trying to sell them on flipping ground. And there's a picture here with Kanye and his wife, Bianca Sanzori. And he's wearing the same leggings as she is with his little apple bottom jeans on and his little manhood hanging out in the front, you're assuming. So it looks looking interesting. I'm not sure what to read of it. Like I said, I think if I'd have as a guess, I'm thinking more so on the fashion tip. I haven't just seen a lot of shoes from it, even though I want shoes selfishly. I've seen more fashion things going forward, but it could be all things in between. And then on top of that, to make matters even more interesting, which I thought really kind of threw a spanner in the works, was this news that I'm trying to get up here, if I can find it on my list of tabs. Um, It says here regarding Kanye and Adidas potentially working through some sort of deal. That's basically another bit of major news. So there's meant to be an update coming soon and AS are going to announce what they're actually going to be doing um with flipping um Yeezy going forward and how it's going to work. That's really interesting thing to kind of figure out, honestly. What's actually going to be happening going forward? Like are they going to scrap the materials or so are they going to burn everything? Um, are they going to try and make it work with flipping Kanye one last time? Like what is actually the deal? I'm curious to flipping find out also, but I guess we're going to have to wait and see on that one. I guess we will have to wait and see on that one. And that is about it really. I think for now Um for the X-Men Singer show, um, I'm going to leave you guys for now as hope you guys have enjoyed the show if you're listening to the show via the audio platform you shall be hearing the slow iterations of the flipping outro music playing underneath this if you're watching via the video platform we're just going to fade to black and go dark and then of course i'll see you all guys again on the other side but until then my friends please please be safe keep yourself safe as possible and i'll see you guys again on the other side very very soon but thank you so much for tuning in it's been a pleasure to have your company um and as per usual if you enjoy the show make sure you smash that like button down below and i'll see you guys again very very soon take care a bunch of girls
1: say raped them in the bag of some target They say he drove him back there in his car And then he parked it and the rest is even darker Wait, which Marcus? Cause it can't be, yes, our Marcus The same Marcus we collected Pokemon cards with The one with perfect grades that has family in New Orleans Yes, that Marcus, he's got seven rape charges Ride for my dogs, lie for my dogs, die for my dogs Ride for my dogs, lie for my dogs, die for my dogs Because it's home for the holidays my friend pulled me to the side like did you hear about kevin or kevin who our kevin what happened he got arrested they found a bunch of messages he sent to little kids Currently he met up with this 10-year-old And now the kid's saying he got molested Molested by who? By Kevin Nah, it's gotta be a different Kevin Look, I'm telling you it's Kevin That we've known since we were 7 The one whose dad's a reverend The same Kevin we spend every weekend with And call brethren Ride for my dogs Lie for my dogs Die for my dogs Ride for my dogs Lie for my dogs Die for my dogs Because it's Truthfully, it's family till it can be Gang till it ain't Twins, but it depends Brothers until something is uncovered Dogs until the lifting of the fog I always got you turns into well I never thought you Years of camaraderie suddenly disappear Almost like you never were here Unconditional love becomes very conditioned When push comes to shove And all that talk of taking bullets suddenly feels foolish Pictures with them turned to